Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Gadget Flow. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today we've got an exciting episode for you. We are talking with Graham Ripple, the COO of Oyo Fitness. Yes, that Oyo Fitness, the most funded fitness product in the history of Kickstarter. Graham, really excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. So the original product that launched, uh, the Oyo Fitness product, uh, back in 2018, you guys launched that pretty much right after the new year. Uh, over 4,000 backers raised $660,000 roughly on the first launch, which is absolutely amazing. And now you guys are back with over 15,000 backers and over $2.4 million raised for the Oyo Nova Gym. So I'm really excited to dive in and talk about, you know, how this has become not only one of the fastest growing fitness companies in the world, but now the most funded fitness product on Kickstarter. So take us back to the beginning. How did you get started with Oyo Fitness and where did, you know, Paul Francis with the, the, the guy who created this technology, where did that all begin? Absolutely. Well, I got pulled in to Oyo, uh, to, to Oyo in early, it was actually late 2016. And our Kickstarter launched in 2017. And I was hired to launch that first product. I had worked with Paul, uh, OYO CEO, with another company. I had a prepared meal company here in Kansas City. And they they used our meals for the 10-week challenge that OYO did, where participants lost, I think, 17 pounds over 10 weeks. Like a huge success there. So I was brought in um, to, to launch that first product. And since then, I've helped bring bring on the Oyo Personal Gym, which was that first uh, Kickstarter project, helped develop the, the Pro, which was integrated to an app, and then um, have been running kind of operations and strategy for Oyo since then. Um, but Oyo, the story of Oyo actually goes way back to, to the late 90s. Um, Paul is a serial inventor um, and has created so many different things. And at the time, he was working on developing fitness devices. Um, and so he had developed a a concept that was called Spyroflex technology. Um, it basically was a, a almost a rotational, it, it's a rotational technology um, and it using a rubber polymer. So he developed it, this concept and then he he literally was sitting at a coffee shop that's underneath our offices um, in, in Kansas City, Missouri, was reading the newspaper about the International Space Station and how they needed a resistive exercise device there um, on the space station he, he literally called up NASA and said, hey, I'm working on something. I think that this would be a great fit. They said, why don't you come down to Houston? I think he went down like a week or two later. Um, and he has this amazing story of pitching to NASA doctors. And then the next day, it was like pitching to like 50 people. And they said, yeah, we want to, we want to develop this. Um, so so Spireflex first launched in the International Space Station in the early 2000s. It was used for over a decade by astronauts. 
to stay in shape and space. He then licensed the technology to Bowflex. Uh, Bowflex put it into the Bowflex Revolution Home Gym, which sold 250 million in sales in the last in like in the last like 10 or 15 years. Um, and then about five years ago, he started Oyo um, and miniaturized the technology, put it into a product called the Double Flex, which has now become the Oyo Personal Gym, which we we currently sell. And then that then iterated into the Oyo Nova Gym, which is what's on Kickstarter. What's amazing to me is this Spiraflex technology now was recently inducted into the Space Technology Hall of Fame, which one, I had no idea existed, but just the fact that astronauts were able to stay fit on the International Space Station with this technology, and now it's bringing you know, that to our terrestrial homes right now is absolutely amazing. So really excited to hear more of the technology itself uh, that Paul was able to create and patent and build upon, what was that process like in terms of the features that were decided on going into it, as well as designing it for just the individual to be able to use on their own? Absolutely. I, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't with uh, Spireflex, you know, at the time and, and Paul. So I really only have kind of secondhand, secondhand knowledge I know that it was a really iterative process. I think it took them um, over a year um, to develop the the Spireflex. It, it turned into something called the iRed device, and um, I think it took them a year and maybe I think over a million dollars to just just to develop that technology. They went through multiple iterations. I mean, the 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 handheld the the Nova right is a it weighs less than three pounds and it puts out forty pounds of resistance. What was in the space station um, had two kind of cylinders to it that was stacked with these Spireflex discs, and it put out over 300 pounds of resistance. And so it's, I mean, it was taking, it's taking this technology that's been used at scale um, and then really miniaturizing it and creating this ultra portable um, personal gem in the, in the Oyo Nova. So in terms of the, the first campaign that launched back in 2018, what was the deciding factor of bringing this new technology to market using crowdfunding as a means to further validate the technology itself? Absolutely. You know, prior to the Double Flex, which is what we launched in that campaign, um, and that's now turned into the Oyo Personal Gym, we did a little bit of a rebrand. There was a prior product called the, the Double Flex Silver, and that had, that had gone into market and it had... It had um, you know, kind of saturated market a little bit, but I think with the the idea of the double flex was was really to leverage the what what Kickstarter offers, and really, I mean, Kickstarter is a great way to, of course, validate your idea and to to really see market validation. And so, rather than just dive into production and marketing and advertising, you know, Kickstarter really just afforded us to take a product that we knew was already market viable because we'd had a previous version. We iterated on that and then iterated on it. We created more resistance. We had longer extension with it. And then Kickstarter, you know, afforded us the the opportunity to, to really get it out in the market and see how people would respond, which I think is really what, what Kickstarter and, and crowdfunding in general really allows. Absolutely. So in terms of preparation leading up to the first campaign back in 2018 and this campaign that's currently running on Kickstarter, what are some of the preparation tips or techniques that you guys have continued to utilize or have stopped utilizing or have found be more effective on this launch? Absolutely. You know, the the first launch, 
we, you know, you're, <laughs> you're out there like, um, like we, we had good guesses of what to do, <laughs> but, but you don't know. Right. And so, um, like, I felt like, I felt like for me, I, you know, I was brand new in the company and I felt like, I felt like honestly, like I was constructing, I had all of this raw material and I just was kind of constructing it together. And so there was great technology that had been validated. There was great, you know, collateral and storytelling behind it. There was a great brand. OYO actually stands for on your own. So OYO, on your own fitness. Um, so there was a great brand behind it. You know, there was the NASA validation. Um, and so really a, a lot of it then comes down to, I think a couple things. I think one is storytelling and storytelling uh, via your video and storytelling um, on your page. So we have a great partner that, that does our video for us. Um, he did the video, he did the video in the, the earlier campaign. He's done this video, you know, the same graphic designer that's on our team that did all the storytelling, you know, along. And then it's a very collaborative process with Paul and the rest of the team. And then honestly, from there, it's making sure your costs work and um, getting some great partners with advertising. You know, I think that I, I, I feel like crowdfunding has really changed as a platform where it started as a very organic platform. And now it's moved over to being um, more of, I think it's, it's more kind of a, a paid platform. And so a lot of when I'm talking with people about it, you know, one of the things that I'm informing them on is basically saying, you know, you're going to need to have an advertising budget, you know, like, like if you, especially if you don't already have a following or if you don't have a way that you can kind of get organic, organic movement, you know, that, that I, I really, as, as I kind of advise businesses and I get, I get pulled into conversations talking about crowdfunding, I really try to coach people that crowdfunding is its own channel um, and you need to think of it as a business within a larger business, or you need to think of it as a phase of a product launch, right? And so it's, so, so you can't, you just need to think about it differently than you're thinking about kind of a general rollout strategy. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we talk a lot about, you know, how important that month or two or six leading up to the launch is in terms of the overall success of the campaign. What did you guys do to put yourself, you know, in such a position to have so much overfunding on the campaign on this go around? Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I, I think that the, I mean, we are honestly blown away by the success. I mean, we, we, with, with everything happening right now with the coronavirus, with people shelter in place, I mean, we, we launched, we, we had some of our kind of um, external partners say, maybe you should wait <laughs> on the launch. I mean, we, we really kind of, we pressed play on this campaign and we were not certain how it was going to go. But in terms of preparation, I think we had a couple things going for us. I think one is we were a known entity within Kickstarter. We'd already done a successful campaign. I think number two was we had, I mean, we had, um, in addition to the previous Kickstarter and Indiegogo backers, we also had, you know, an additional three years of customers um, that we could, that we could leverage and reach out to. You know, we of course have the NASA, the NASA technology. I think price point matters a lot. Um, so a lot of it, I mean, a lot of it for us was just reactivating our customers and frankly, the other big thing that's key is, you know, the Nova was built as a response to customers' feedbacks, right? So the, the, we had the Double Flex Silver, right, um, which, was the, which was the product previous to the Double Flex of the earlier Kickstarter campaign. And, and out, of, out of getting that in market, customers came back and they said, we want more resistance and we want more extension. 
And so we, we doubled the resistance and we, we went from 15 pounds to 25 pounds. We get that out into the market and customers said, well, well, extension's great, but can you even add actually a little bit more resistance to it? And we said, no problem. And so we actually added a little bit more, more extension for kind of some of our taller customers. And then we added again, more resistance. And so the continuing to kind of have a dialogue with your customers so that you're responding to them, I think that really set us up for success. And then being able to have great partners, you know, such as, such as Inventus partners, such as, you know, some of, some of our other advertisers where um, they, we just were able to scale that much, that much quicker. Yeah, I mean, you've been working with us here at Inventus Partners for a while now on both projects. You know, what what are some of those considerations that you guys were looking at when choosing an agency to partner with? Absolutely. You know, I, I think a big thing for us is going to be um, one is track record and reputability in the market. You know, we we went back. Um, I mean, it's like we I kind of feel like we basically got the band back together, if you will. And so we call, I mean, essentially we called up, you know, our, our partners from the previous campaign and, and the ones that, the ones that really worked well, we, uh, re, you know, definitely reached out to the ones that, the ones that were, were fine, you know, we kind of looked at other partners. <laughs> and so I think for us in terms of considerations, um, it, one, we, we had the benefit of already having known entities. And then for us, it's lots of kind of interviews, you know, like, uh, especially when you have people that you trust you know the language that they're using. And so then I, you, then you can look over to the new partners and say, okay, is, it, it, are, they, are they in line? You know, is their strategy similar? Do we feel good about it? Um, and even as the campaign is going, I mean, with a campaign of, of, this, of this size, you know, we, we, we have other partners that are wanting to reach out. And so part of what I'm doing is, is vetting them. Um, and I look a lot to how our current partners work to make sure that, to make sure I feel comfortable with kind of new partners to bring on board. Absolutely. So earlier you had mentioned, you know, that this product truly came out of the listening that you guys had done in terms of Amazon comments, backers from the previous campaign, selling through your website of needing more resistance. So I'm excited to hear kind of, you know, what advice would you have for someone, let's say, looking to then transition their product to Amazon after their crowdfunding campaign? Oh, absolutely. What advice do I have for that? Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to take it a little bit broader, Roy. I, I think, you know, the, some of the strategies that we, that we employed, you know, from kicks, we did a Kickstarter campaign and then immediately in an Indiegogo in-demand campaign. And so I, I go there because that was so key to continue to get revenue um, while, we were, while we were going through manufacturing for the first product. And, and if you have product development time, then once you get the once you get the product in hand and you fulfill everything to your crowdfunding backers, we did exactly kind of like what you're suggesting. Amazon, our own website. What some of the keys that we found with Amazon, we have some we actually have some specialists that, that we've hired to help us because Amazon is its own beast. But the, the tricks or tricks, I'll say, um, we we've noticed just really engaging with an omni-channel approach is really key. Are when we were just on Amazon, we were um, we were, were having a hard time getting um, enough internal traffic because this is a very innovative product um, and people look at it and they they don't quite understand it. The game changed for us when we actually went to our own website and started doing Facebook advertising there. And what we found was that essentially, you know, we're doing top of funnel work with Facebook and Google and YouTube. 
our our customers would then of course be driven to our sites they would check it out but then then i think you know everybody you know or 75% of people then go over to amazon to do a price check and so that external traffic um from our own activity then boosted everything with amazon um and so we you know we we did fba amazon fba um for ease of fulfillment so i think the big tricks for me for amazon in specific are external marketing and advertising which helps boost what's happening internal at amazon and then specifically doing amazon fba because so many people are making decisions based on prime the ability to get things quickly the ability to have no hassle refunds all of that so are you guys happy with your performance on amazon so far absolutely it's been a i mean it 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 has been a really it's been really fun to see to see the growth on Amazon um, and to see how we stack up against other portable gyms that are in the, that are in our category. Um, you know, I, I do think that from a costing standpoint, you of course have to balance um, sales on your own website versus Amazon sales. I mean, there's just very different fees that are associated there. And so we we're, we're ever kind of doing it's, it's part of my job is to ever be looking at costing um, and making sure that we're, that we're allocating inventory in the right places that we're putting sales in the right places so that we can really use each channel as a potent um, growth mechanism for us. So what challenges do you think you guys foresee now that you've overfunded the campaign by so much? You know, with over 2.4 million raised with three weeks to go, you guys are, you know, looking at probably a three or four million dollar campaign right now. I mean, what challenges is that going to put on the company going forward? Absolutely. Well, we, you know, it, it's... It, this is beyond beyond our expectations, and so um, the I think that the challenge are probably more logistic than anything. You know, we have a manufacturer. We manufacture out of Taiwan. We have a full time staff member that's there in Taiwan, who basically is the liaison for manufacturing. We have distribution happening here in the U.S. as well as what's happening in Taiwan. And so, what's interesting about success like this is, like for example, I'm having to change my operational game where I was planning, even from a fulfillment standpoint, I was planning on fulfilling out of Taiwan and LA. Um, and, and we're looking at then setting up a third warehouse, right, um, to hand in the EU um, to basically handle those backers. And, and part of that was because of our backers basically came and said, hey, let's have a, let's have a, a more in-depth conversation about that and about shipping they're in the they're in uh, the EU, right? And so we're, we, we, with this campaign, we have 55% um, of backers are outside of the U.S., um, which is a way different number than our first campaign. And so we're having to, you know, I'm, I'm having calls even this week, figuring out who, what, what should that warehouse be? So, so operationally, that's a thing. Um, manufacturing, we're really not concerned with. I mean, we, we have partners that we've worked with for now five years. They have, they have manufactured tens of thousands of units up for us. You know, I think that we'll need to do a little bit of pacing in terms of like how quickly we can get units off of the assembly line um, into containers, you know, so there'll be a little bit of strategy there. But, you know, the volume doesn't really concern us, but it would be if we didn't have if we didn't have, you know, the history that we have. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm interested to hear your answer on this. I mean, besides hiring Inventus partners, what would be your top tip for raising a million dollars in crowdfunding? Oh, gosh. Great question. Top tip. I think success on Kickstarter comes down to a couple different things. Number one, hiring Inventus partners, of course. 
but number, but I, I think that I, I think there's a couple different things. I think one is um, making sure that your product fits the demographics of Kickstarter. I, I see a lot of people. I've had a lot of conversations with people who have great product ideas, but their product doesn't fit the demographic of Kickstarter. And so I, I basically say, I, I think this is great. I think you should pursue it. I think you should launch it somewhere else. Like I don't think this will be successful on this channel because again, it's a unique channel. I think that's one part of it. I think a second part of it is, um, I mean, of course, is great partners. A third part is pricing. I like having products that are over a hundred dollars. I like having products that are about 130 or so, um, or somewhere between 100 and 200, because it gives you enough space to have advertising budget behind it. To advertising, I think that you want a, a war chest that, that you can launch ads with and test. And then I think the last thing, which, which actually ties back into the first thing, which is just storytelling, that you have a product that you have a product that you've vetted, you have a product that resonates with the target demographic of Kickstarter. Um, and that you can really exp- you can really explain it and show it to them where they look at this and they say, absolutely, I want to help bring this thing to life. Because in the end, crowdfunding is all about helping an inventor or helping a business bring something to life. And so I, and I think that sometimes, co- like, sometimes companies forget that um, and they forget it in terms of their messaging and they forget it in terms of how they approach, how they approach potential supporters. And so the, the ethos of crowdfunding is I, I want to be the sort of person who believes in things and who supports it and, who, and who's an early adapter and gets things first. And I think that you really need to tap into that, both in terms of the product that you're bringing forward, as well as um, your messaging around that product. Absolutely. Well said, Graham. This is going to get us into our launch round, where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? I have a background in engineering and business, actually. And what I found was that I'm a, I'm a mix of right and left brain. And so I found that engineering was just a little bit too programmatic for me. Um, and so I wanted, the, I wanted uh, creativity as well as structure. And I found that entrepreneurship allows you, like to scale a business, you need structure. But to scale a business, you also need vision and you need creativity. And so I love that entrepreneurship allows me to exercise both. Um, and that different seasons allows me to engage my, my right or left brain a little bit differently. Nice. So if you could meet any entrepreneur throughout history, who would you want to work out with? Oh, gosh. I, I think it would be so hard to pass up hanging out with Steve Jobs. Uh, I think that he would be fascinating. I, I would want to do it probably outside of Apple, like in a space where he can just, uh, he can just sit and riff and brainstorm. I think it would be, it'd be fascinating to follow him around for a day, even, even there at Apple and, and just watch him work. I mean, he was, he was a force and I don't know if I'd like working with him, but I think that I would have loved being around him and, and like watching him work and learn. And he just fascinates me. If you could ask him one question, what would it would have been? I, I think I would ask him what his, what his number one lesson is, what he would have done differently. Um, I think that someone with that experience um, and that change on culture, I think that he has lots of insights and I think that he has self-reflection to say, you know, I, I would do, I do this or I would do that. And I would be really interested to see if it was business or personal that he talked about because I, and I think that both would have been very valuable. Nice. What, uh, what's your favorite workout or stretch with the Oyo Nova? Absolutely. I, you know, I, I'm, I love the full body, like just full body movements. 
And so I, I really love the programming that Nick Bolton, our, our fitness director, has done. Um, there's this movement called the, the chest back double flex. Um, and it's a movement where it, it's actually something very unique to the double, the, the, uh, the Oyo Nova and the Oyo Personal Gym is that the resistance, you, you push the device, the handles together and it creates resistance. And then you can pull the handles apart and that also creates resistance. And so that movement is one where you are pushing it together and it's, and it's working your, it's working your chest. And then you pull it apart and it works your back. And then Nick puts an iteration on it where he puts a squat in there as well. And so I love this very efficient movement of like, you know, doing your chest, doing your back and popping into a squat, you know, and as you're, squ- you're doing your squat, you're also activating your core. And I mean, I, I, I love those full body movements like that. Can't wait to get mine in October. What business book or life book would you recommend to our listeners? You know, I have recently been rereading the book, The Big Leap. And I'm loving it. It is, it's a book about, uh, basically he says that, you know, we live in four quadrants, um, zones of incompetence, zones of competence, zones of excellence, and then zones of genius. And he says, most people who are successful live in the, in the zone of excellence. Um, and they've learned how to minimize zones of incompetence and competence in their life. But that the big leap is in the, in the, in the movement from like to ultimate fulfillment is leaping from the zone of excellence to the zone of genius. Um, and I, I just love that concept. I, he talks about barriers that get in the way. Um, but I mean, for me, I, I feel like uh, shelter in place and all this is a season of kind of reflection. And so I'm um, I'm in this season of reflection. But I literally have had, I read that book probably two years ago and I had it in my bag for probably two years. It's all banged up because I knew I needed to get back to it. And then finally, I've been reengaging with it the last uh, six, eight weeks. Nice. Last question in the launch round. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? I, I you know, to be perfectly honest, I am, I, I do not know, but I'm, ex, I'm excited. Specifically, I think that we, I think that there is a ton of product and creative innovation that's happening as people are kind of worldwide in shelter in place. And so my hunch is that in the next six, nine, you know, year, 18 months, that we're going to see some incredibly cool products come out on crowdfunding. Um, and so I, I honestly get really geeked out about all of these creatives that are, that are a little bit like a little bit stuck, you know, a little bit like, like, like at home, you know, like with a small group of people and that they're just thinking about stuff and they're iterating on stuff. And so I, I get so excited to just see what comes out. And, and I think it's, I think it's gonna be really cool. Yeah, I think so too, man. Well, this has been amazing. Graham, this is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where they should go and why they should check you out. Absolutely. Well, we, I mean, I, I of course have to give a pitch out to the, to the Nova, the Oyo Nova. We've got a little over 20 days left on Kickstarter. Uh, we, you know, as you said, Roy, we're the number one uh, most funded fitness product in Kickstarter history. Um, and so we, I, I, I am so blown away and supportive or grateful for the support. And so I, I think that's really kind of my shout out um, with that. We, we want to be a part of your fitness story and we want to be a part of, you know, helping you be your best self. And so however that looks, we support it, uh, but would love to have you consider the Nova as a part of your journey. Absolutely. Well, audience, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign, everything we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Product Type. Graham, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you. My pleasure.
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it, and of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.